2: This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Stamford is Connecticut's second largest city and is an economic engine for the state. It's also getting attention for who's running to be Stamford's next mayor. One candidate is a baseball celebrity, a hometown son, and restaurant owner, Bobby Valentine, who's running unaffiliated. The other is a woman who represents Stanford in the Connecticut General Assembly. Democrat Caroline Simmons beat incumbent Mayor David Martin in the primary. She's been a state lawmaker since 2014, and she's worked for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Today, where we live, Simmons joins us to talk about why she's running. Stanford residents, what questions do you have for her? Here's the number, 888-720-9677. That's 888 720 wmpr Share a question or comment on our Facebook page or find us on Twitter at where we live. Representative Caroline Simmons joins us now on Zoom. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Lucy. Great to be with you today.
2: So I mentioned, uh, I think you've had two terms now in the Connecticut General Assembly. And so why run for Stanford mayor?
1: So I love my work up in Hartford advocating for the people of Stanford in the state legislature. And right now we're at a critical moment in our city as we come out of this pandemic. So many people are struggling and we need to make sure that we're not leaving those who are hit hardest behind and that we're doing everything we can to help our city recover from this pandemic and help people who are struggling. And I want to bring a new vision as mayor to the city and bring my 12 years of federal and state government experience to help our city recover. And to help improve our infrastructure, our schools, our economy, and make our city a more affordable, equi- equitable, and inclusive place for residents.
2: Take us back to that moment where you thought, you know, this is what I wanna do and why. A little bit more about that spark.
1: <laughs> sure. Well, for me, it actually started in high school. I was in 10th grade when my principal informed us, I was sitting in history when the 9 11 attacks happened. And I was devastated, like so many of us, and that was really the first moment where I felt a call to action to want to serve our country in some way. And I was so inspired by the way our country came together, the brave firefighters and first responders, and how our country really unified. And that led me to want to work in Homeland Security and uh, international affairs. And then to work back in the state legislature to try to make a difference in Connecticut. And now we're at a similar moment with this pandemic. It's a once in a century crisis. We've lost so many lives. People have lost their jobs. People are struggling to afford their rent and mortgage. And it's another one of those moments where I feel a call to action to want to give back to a city that has given me and my family so much, my Two boys were born here. My husband proposed to me here. This is a city that has given me so many blessings and I wanna do everything I can to help our city at this moment in time. And I think, you know, we're now the second largest city in Connecticut. We have such an opportune moment to to help take our city to the next level and really be that that shining city uh, in our state.
2: So you feel like you can make a more direct impact in the mayor's office?
1: i do i it you know it's been so rewarding to get to serve as a state representative and we've made so much progress passing legislation to help working families and to help make healthcare more affordable to help reduce gun violence to help small businesses and to really work out on a statewide level which has been rewarding but what appeals to me about mayor is as you said the impact you can have on a wide scale in our city and the ability to launch innovative initiatives you know, they say that cities are, are innovation labs where you can really test out policies to help people and uh, effectuate change in people's lives. And I think also what's appealing is you really get to touch people's lives directly. So often when my constituents come to me with a problem, it's really a local issue on their street or at their school. And what appeals to me is that as mayor, you can, you can have the ability to help shape people's lives directly and help fix problems uh, that, that appear locally in our community.
2: There was another longtime mayor of Stanford who would become mayor or with governor, rather. And so is this something that, you know, when you think about your path, like one day you aspire to to be the governor of our state, Representative Simmons?
1: <laughs> so, yes, we had a, he had a great mayor in uh, Dan Malloy and who was a great governor as well. For me, I'm I'm focused on these next four years doing everything we can to, to help our city recover and to, to being the best mayor that I can to help make Stanford more affordable, equitable and inclusive place. So so that's where I'm focused right now. Uh, but we, we certainly had a great, great tradition of, of strong uh, mayors and, and executive leaders. Uh, but I'm focused for, for the next four years on making a difference in Stanford to help people who are struggling.
2: If you're elected, would you be the first woman mayor in the city?
1: I would, I would be the first woman. And well, it's, that must
2: be something, yeah.
0: you know,
2: <laughs> when you <laughs> think about who your mentors are and what that would mean uh, for um, many people who are watching.
1: Sure. And, you know, there's, it's, it's been such an honor to serve in the legislature with uh, women who have broken barriers, uh, women like my colleague, Senator Patricia Billy Miller, who is the first Women to hold her state senate seat, the first woman of color to hold her state senate seat, and she's been a, a mentor and an inspiration to me. And then I, I think about women across our, our city who are fantastic leaders, women like Kathy Sillard, the CEO of Stanford Hospital, um, women like Fran Pastori, who's the head of the Women's Business Development Council. There's amazing women leading our city and amazing women across our state, women like Lieutenant Governor Susan Beiswitz, um, and and so many others. And so it would be a tremendous honor to be the first Woman, uh, But most importantly, I want to be the best mayor that I can to do a good job to deliver results for the people of Stanford, but no question it would be unique to have that historic moment and to hopefully try to be an inspiration to other women and I one of my favorite things on the campaign trail is is talking to students and uh, young girls in our school and just seeing them getting excited about public service and i hope to serve in in some way even on this campaign as an inspiration to young people in our city that they can be anything they want to be and that they can get involved and make their voice heard Mm
2: Let's talk about the issues before uh, Stanford and for our listeners uh, especially if you're a Stanford resident uh, if you have questions for representative Caroline Simmons who's running to be your next mayor here's the number 888-720-9677 that's 888-720-9677 share a comment on our Facebook page or find us on Twitter at where we live so I I watched that debate that the Prometheum Foundation put on uh, the other night and you know they talked about what each candidate's priorities would be. So if you're elected, you know what are some of the, the, the top two things you want to tackle for the city of Stanford?
1: Sure, the top two priorities are fixing our infrastructure and investing in our schools. We all know that our infrastructure in Connecticut is aging and deteriorating. And in Stanford, 60% of our roads and bridges are structurally deficient. And many of our school facilities, our train station are, are in dire need of repair. But I think we're in an opportune moment right now with the federal infrastructure package hopefully passing Congress. Any day now, uh, Connecticut can expect to receive over $5 billion in infrastructure funding. And so I want to be ready on day one as mayor to capture that funding so that we can fix critical infrastructure projects in our city, like the West Main Street Bridge, like our train station, like our school facilities, and just making our roads and sidewalks better to make our city more connected and walkable. Um, I think with infrastructure too, we also need to think about making our infrastructure more resilient for the future. We're a coastal city with rising sea levels and as we saw with Hurricane Ida, the the damage that flooding did to our our residents. We need to make sure we're building our resilience as a city to mitigate the adverse effects of climate change. And then secondly, on schools, education is so important to our community. We have an amazing school system and talented teachers and students. And I want to do everything I can as mayor to be a champion for our schools to help fix our facilities. First and foremost, there's been mold and air quality issues in our facilities and portable buildings that students are learning in and I want to make sure we're getting the funding from Hartford to give our students and teachers facilities they deserve and also helping our students make up for lost time in the classroom. This has been a really challenging year for our students and many of them are falling behind on literacy and math and struggling with mental health issues and So I see my role as mayor is working with the board of ed and superintendent and being a champion for our schools to get more resources to support our students who are struggling right now. Mm
2: I definitely want to hear more about um, your plans and ideas for improving schools, as well as a climate plan uh, for Stanford. But I want to take a quick call now. Again, listeners can join us. 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-9677. If you want to ask a question of Representative Caroline Simmons, who's running for Stanford mayor, Bianca's calling in from Stanford, Bianca, what's your question?
0: Hi, good morning. Uh, My question is uh, to the candidate, uh, Caroline Tins, is what are the two ways you plan on tackling the lack of access to affordable housing in Stanford in the next four years? Thank you.
1: Thanks, Bianca, for that question. This is a really important issue for our city because we're becoming, as we're growing so rapidly, we're becoming increasingly expensive for Stanford residents and pricing so many people out, whether it's senior citizens who are struggling to retire on a fixed income in Stanford, or working families, working multiple jobs, struggling to afford their rent or mortgage, or recent college grads who we want to be able to, you know, attract here to work in our city who struggle to afford rent. So as mayor, prioritizing affordable housing is essential. And a couple, Uh, plans I have on that are first, increasing the supply of affordable rental units. We're currently short approximately 5,000 affordable rental units in Stanford, and we're building so many luxury high-rises, which not everyone everyone can afford. So making sure that we're bringing in different types of developers who can build more affordable rental units for residents. Um, Secondly, promoting workforce housing in our city. Much of our workforce ranging from our teachers to our nurses and our firefighters, uh, can't afford to live here and commute from other towns. And so I want to make sure we're prioritizing programs that support workforce housing. And one way we can do this is to utilize uh, city-owned land and provide subsidies to make that housing more affordable. And then thirdly, I want to help individuals that want to transition uh, from renting to home ownership if they want to. Uh, and one of the biggest barriers we know is affording a down payment on your first home. So, doing everything we can to provide low interest down payment loan assistance programs and also bringing in more affordable home ownership and condo ownership opportunities. And then, overall, with rising inflation and the rising cost of living, we need to be cognizant of rising property taxes. And this year, I've, I've called for a delay in the reval. Uh, I've also worked on uh, plans that would work to reduce our budget and find efficiencies and work to get more state funding for education so that we can reduce that burden on our local property taxpayers.
2: We're going to take some more calls from Stanford listeners in just a couple of minutes, but I wanted to talk to you more about when we, when we hear uh, lawmakers mention affordable housing. So what does it mean to have affordable housing in Stanford? When you think about how close you are to New York City um, and just the idea that so many people have been moving to your city. So what exactly is affordable?
1: Right. So affordable housing is housing that is Safe, safe, stable, and secure, and also accessible and within your income. So right now, 30% of our, our city is uh, rent constrained, meaning they're spending over 30%, in some cases, over 50% of their income on housing. And that means that families are struggling to make choices between being able to afford food or diapers or health care costs or educational programs so we want to make sure that we're helping families be able to access housing where they're spending less than 30 percent of their income on housing so that they can afford other basic necessities um, we also know that housing is, is linked to mental health and anxiety and stressors during this pandemic so many residents were, were struggling to afford their rent and mortgage which is why they why we fought for rent and mortgage relief up in Hartford and why we pushed to extend the eviction moratorium. But we know with that being lifted that there's going to be anxiety and stressors facing families. And we know that housing insecurity is linked to lower mental health levels, uh, lower employment levels, and all, all sorts of issues. So doing everything you can to make housing more affordable means helping families access housing where they're spending less than 30% of their income on housing and where they have stable housing, but they're not gonna be worried about being able to pay their rent or mortgage or being evicted.
2: I understand you've lived in Stanford for some time. So if I'm a young professional moving into the city or even uh, uh, you know, part of a, a young family, I mean, how
1: much does rent cost in the city of Stanford? It is astronomically high right now. Uh, if, if you're renting down in, in Harbor Point, the, the rent for one bedroom can be upwards of $4,500. Um, there are studios and, and one ber- bedrooms available between the $3,000 to $4,000 range. Um, some of our, our great affordable housing programs like Charter Oak Communities offer apartments. We were just visiting them yesterday uh, in the 2200 range. Um, but the below market rate program is a great example of a program that requires developers to set aside uh, 10% of their housing units uh, for, at a below market rate, um, which which usually is about 50% of the area median income, which is over $70,000. Um, so so those rents can be below $2,000, uh, but but still across the board, it is extremely expensive to to rent or afford to own a home in, in Stanford, especially compared to, you know, if you go up the line in Connecticut, it can be much more affordable. So we need to do everything we can to, to work to provide more subsidies and, and control the cost of rising rents and mortgages.
2: Uh, RENTERS uh, BECAME A FOCUS RECENTLY uh, IN A STORY uh, FROM HEARST, uh, CONNECTICUT, JOURNALIST DAN HAAR uh, in covering A VIDEO CLIP OF YOUR OPPONENT, BOBBY VALENTINE, MAKING COMMENTS ABOUT RENTERS, QUOTE, If you're not owning, you're not caring. And then he goes on to say renters, quote, are not leaving the community better than when they got here. And so what have you heard from that? What was your response?
1: I was really disappointed and disheartened by his remarks and I heard so many concerns and complaints from residents who heard his comments because essentially what he's saying is that if you're not owning in Stanford, you don't care about our city and not only is that divisive and toxic but it's offensive to the 50 percent of our population who are renting 50 percent of stanford residents are renting and the majority of them can't afford to buy a home and so why would we demonize them if they can't afford to buy a home we we want to make our city a more welcoming and inclusive place and to understand that so many people are struggling right now um you know i i knock on doors all the time i talk to renters who are teachers who are nurses, who are students, and they do so much for our city. They give back every day. There's members of our legislative delegation who are renting. And to suggest that these hardworking individuals don't care about our city is really offensive and it sends them a message that they're not welcome here. And so as mayor, I'm gonna be a more united, uniting, inclusive leader who's gonna be welcoming to all people in our city, whether you're renting or you're owning. And of course, if individuals wanna transition to home ownership, We should absolutely help them. I just don't want to be demonizing people that can't afford to get there. And I want everyone to know that you're welcome in our city, whether you're renting or you're owning.
2: You're hearing Representative Caroline Simmons, who's running for Stanford mayor. You can join us 888-720-9677 if you have a question for her. Alan's calling in from Stanford. Go ahead, Alan. Oh, doesn't look like Alan's there, but he the question he had, I can paraphrase it. Um, He wants to know how you would renovate the building department.
1: It's much needed. Yes, this is a complaint I hear from residents often, whether you're trying to get a permit from the building department to to renovate your home or a business trying to get a permit. The wait time can often be over a year up to 18 months, which is extremely frustrating for, for residents and businesses. And it also hinders growth and economic development and and jobs, you know, for every business that it takes 18 months to to get your permit to start up. That's a delay in jobs for our community. That's a delay in economic development for our city. So as mayor, I want to work on two initiatives. First, I want to create a fast track program for homeowners who want to renovate their home, you know, something as simple as if you want to renovate your deck or uh, expand expand your home, the process shouldn't take that long. So I want to work to streamline that process for homeowners and create a fast track system. And then secondly, I want to create similar to what we did in Hartford. I want to create a small business express program for entrepreneurs and small businesses who are looking to start up a business in Stanford or expand their business and uh, provide a streamlined uh, opportunity for them to get through our building department and get the permits and licensing that they need to start up their business in a more efficient way. And I think it really comes down to setting that goal and vision and then holding uh, employees accountable and also giving them the tools and resources to to accomplish that. So it might mean ensuring individuals are, are trained ensuring that we're properly communicating with residents the process. It might mean better utilizing technology, to speed up the process. For example, right now, our city has dozens of different softwares that we're using. And so working to consolidate softwares to ensure that we're we're better delivering services to residents will be a priority of my administration
2: We need to take a quick quick break, rather, and if you're on hold, uh, just uh, keep holding. We're going to take your calls right after with Representative Caroline Simmons, who's running for Stanford mayor, the number 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchal. Stanford residents, this show is for you today. We're diving into the Stanford mayoral race with my guest, State Representative Caroline Simmons, who's running for Stanford mayor. What questions do you have for her? What issues matter to you? Join us 888 720. Nine six seven seven. That's eight 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 seven two zero W M P R. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This note: Unaffiliated candidate Bobby Valentine's campaign has confirmed he'll be on the show next Wednesday. That's October twenty seventh. Uh, Cyril's calling in with a question for Representative Simmons. Cyril, go ahead.
0: Hi, Carolyn. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I have two questions for you. One was, what are you planning on doing on our infrastructure? That means the roads, all the potholes, and all that mess in Stanford. Number one. And number two, how do we get to see you more often and talk to you? Where do you appear? When do you appear?
1: Sure. Thank you for those questions and for tuning in today. Uh, first on infrastructure. Fixing our infrastructure is one of the most pressing challenges our, our city faces and Day one, I'm going to be meeting with our transportation and engineering departments to have a list of shovel-ready projects that we can submit to the state and the federal government to try to capture funding from the the federal infrastructure package that is going to be coming down to states uh, any day now. Uh, My top priorities with respect to infrastructure are going to be fixing our roads, renovating our existing sidewalks, and also building new sidewalks to make our city more connected and walkable. Also fixing bridges like the West Main Street Bridge, which is a public safety hazard and, and preventing a connection between the west side and downtown. Also coming up with a plan to fix our aging train station and the old parking garage at Stanford train station, and then fixing our school facilities. The infrastructure of our schools is essential to giving students and teachers buildings that that they deserve so that they can focus on learning and not be worried about their public health. Um, and, And key for that is working with Hartford through the school construction grant process, working with our delegation on securing bonding to fix and renovate our schools. And then uh, secondly to your question, uh, how can you find me? Uh, Definitely, I always love connecting with constituents as state representative. I prioritize doing uh, weekly co- or monthly, sorry, coffees with Caroline and town halls, and I plan to do those as mayor. So stay tuned. We will be uh, doing town hall meetings. We will be having uh, live stream updates uh, virtually. I will also be conducting regular surveys to constituents, as well as doing neighborhood walks and and mayor's nights out. You probably remember they used to have the mayor's night out program where the mayor would do events in different neighborhoods every month, and so I want to bring those back so that I make sure I'm not only being transparent and communicating with residents, but also I would love to hear from all of you about how we can better serve you. So stay tuned and I look forward to seeing you out in the community soon.
2: Here's the number to ask the question of Representative Caroline Simmons, 888-720-9677 or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Uh, Jake, keep holding, I'm going to go to you next, but but I wanted to talk with you about your, your opponent, um, Bobby Valentine. He's someone uh, born and raised in Stanford. He's a name that uh, people recognize because of his Major League Baseball days and I understand he has the endorsement of the Teachers Union in Stanford, also the Police Union, and so talk about this campaign and, and do you feel like even though you've been the state rep for several years, that you know it's been an uphill battle for you to, to put your message out there of why people should want to vote for you?
1: So we are honored. We've been working to build a, a wide coalition of support in Stanford. We've been honored to get endorsements from SCIU, from the Stanford firefighters. Uh, from a number of other uh, labor unions, as well as groups like the Connecticut Realtors, and uh, we actually just uh, we're honored to get President Obama's endorsement uh, today, which just yeah, came we can't out. can't forget so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, we are, we are really excited. Uh, no question, though, it is a competitive race, and we are working tirelessly to connect with voters to get voters engaged in this election this election is so important for the future of stanford this election will determine the future of our our kids education future of our environment the future of our infrastructure and so we are as as you said we're up against a a well-known celebrity so we are working tirelessly Uh, at the grassroots level to connect with voters to get out the vote and to get our message out and i have been grateful for the the widespread support we've received and uh we are we are delighted to have received the endorsement that endorsements that we've received and uh looking forward to continuing to get out the vote in the next 10 days before november 2nd jake is
2: calling in from stanford
1: jake go ahead
0: Hi, so we've talked a lot about infrastructure so far this hour, and, um, Representative Simmons re- mentioned, um, pedestrian infrastructure, which is wonderful, but I'm wondering if she has any thoughts about bicycle infrastructure in Stanford, which is currently almost non-existent.
1: Yes. Uh, thank you for mentioning that. And I definitely want to make our city more bike friendly as well. Uh, my my husband's a biker and I, I hear from him and, and other uh, residents all the time about how dangerous it can be to bike in Stanford. So we definitely need to uh, make investments in this. As as state representative, uh, we've worked to secure more uh, funding to add uh, bike lanes on on High Ridge Road, and to um, to to study how we could better expand bike lanes on on both Long Ridge and High Ridge. Um, I think the key is it's really difficult to bike across our city right now because our, our city is is very siloed and and not connected. And so my my goal would be to allow bikers to have one um, connected lane where they can bike all the way down from North Stanford all the way down to the south end um, without fearing for their safety. so so making that more connected. Um, There's also going to be funding coming from our federal infrastructure package on this, both for uh, pedestrians and bikers that we can seek to capitalize on. And then I also think we can invest in um, having more city bike opportunities for residents the way that New York City and Washington, D.C. have have city bikes where if you get off at our train station, there there would be a bike stand right there where you can access a bike and, and bike anywhere you want in our city. And so these are all initiatives that I want to work on to make our city more bike friendly, more connected, and also to help reduce traffic and improve quality of life. Mm.
2: It is a life or death issue when you look at the statistics nationwide, the number of pedestrians, bicyclists killed because of car crashes. And when you think about Stanford, a lot of people mention the congestion.
1: Absolutely. It is so dangerous. And we've had pedestrian deaths in Stanford that have been tragic. And we have worked in the legislature, we have worked to pass bills to enhance pedestrian safety, things like making sure that drivers are looking before they're turning in a crosswalk and making sure we increase the fine for that, um, making sure that we're getting more funding to make our, our crossings safer, uh, making sure that we're uh, working with our police to enforce, uh, to crack down on on speeding. There's a number of cars that speed through our city and it's A really dangerous uh city to to walk around in and so absolutely we need to continue to make investments in pedestrian safety and to to work to reduce pedestrian fatalities we're
2: going to take some more calls for representative caroline simmons if you're a stanford resident the big mayoral race coming up here's the number eight 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 seven two zero nine six seven seven that's eight 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 seven two zero nine six seven seven. uh vivian's calling in from stanford go ahead vivian
0: uh yes uh good morning um uh candidate Caroline yeah thank you for my call uh my call my question is very specific in terms of people who currently own the housing voucher in my case i do have i currently own a voucher for the section eight program and but it's, it it's actually has been very difficult for me to look into a unit that will actually allow me the flexibility to live in one of these uh, places that are really, the prices went up, right? So because of the voucher actually got down so much. Uh, to give you an example, the voucher was 18, um, $1,800 just about two years ago. Now it's gone down to $1,600 for one bedroom unit. So it's difficult for people to go shop around and this in this so much inflator um, um, market housing market to be able to afford, what can you do? What would you be working on in terms of um, the um, housing authority in Harvard to disperse money into the community? So people like in my case will not necessarily be affected by these um, uh, shortage, if you will.
2: Good question. Good question, Vivian. Go ahead, Representative Simmons.
1: Yeah, thanks for that. That question, Vivian. And I, I share your concern. I've heard a number of complaints from residents about what what you're saying in terms of the reduction in the the housing voucher. And and also I hear from residents that will reach out to apartment buildings and mention that they have Section 8 housing voucher and the apartment building will deny them access, even though they're supposed to be uh, providing access to an affordable apartment. So I think it's it's twofold. Um, you know, first with respect to the value of the voucher, um, the, the housing voucher program is, is really one of the federal government's uh, most important programs for assisting low-income families. And so working with our, our federal delegation to, to work to expand uh, the value of the voucher and to, to look at modifying um, who, who is eligible. Uh, currently, families uh, income cannot exceed 50% of the median income uh for for the city to be to be eligible and you know given the high cost of living in stanford i think that's something we could we could look at Um, but then also making sure we're holding developers accountable you know when individuals are calling with a section 8 voucher to be making sure that they are following their requirements and following the law to provide uh available housing if, if someone has a section 8 voucher so thank you for for that question and would would love to stay in touch and happy to help help you in any way that i can in Stanford um, with with finding more affordable housing.
2: So we'll jot down Vivian's number and we'll send that to your staff, Representative Simmons. Uh, Thank you, Vivian, uh, for your call. Allie wants to ask you about the economy. Go ahead, Allie.
0: Hi, uh, Caroline. You said earlier that you plan to direct money into Stanford. How specifically will you advance our economy within the context of supporting the fast growth of our city?
1: Sure, so as as co-chair of the Commerce Committee, we've worked really hard to help our economy grow in several ways by first making it easier to start a business in Connecticut. We created the One Stop Shop portal to streamline the permitting process at the state level. We also expanded the Small Business Express program to provide access to capital for small businesses and particularly women and minority-owned businesses who we know struggle to access capital at the same rates. Um, And then we've also launched the Made in Connecticut program to to champion uh, locally made products and jobs and and have implemented workforce development programs at the statewide level. And these are all the kinds of initiatives that I wanna bring to Stanford as mayor to to champion our economy. I wanna launch a a COVID-19 recovery grant fund for small businesses who we know had to take on so much debt during this pandemic to help them survive. I want to launch a workforce development jobs training program to help uh, the 6% uh, unemployment rate to try to reduce our unemployment rate and help unemployed individuals get job training so they can get, get access to high-paying job opportunities. And then thirdly, I want to make it easier to start a business in Stanford. Right now we have a 30% commercial vacancy rate. and there's an enormous opportunity to not only proactively recruit new businesses to our city, but also to help our local entrepreneurs and small businesses to start up in our city and to grow and expand. And that goes back to the question of the building department and making that process easier to get a permit, to making sure there's access to capital and affordable space for businesses. So these are all initiatives I wanna bring to our city to help our economy
2: we just have a couple of minutes left and representative Simmons I wanted to go back to the the school's question and funding I mean infrastructure is important but when I think about um, you know the educational cost sharing uh, formula something your opponent said the other day during that debate that the, the school system in Stanford gets the same amount as a small town I believe on the eastern part of our state is that true and you know in your work as a state representative like what more could you have done to, to help with that that issue?
1: Sure. So you're right. The education cost sharing formula is, is essential funding that we get for our schools. And it's based on a formula that for, for too long was heavily reliant on a city's grand list. And because Stanford has the, the second highest grand list in the state, um, we unfortunately were not getting the, the amount of funding we received. And so since since I started as state representative, me and my colleagues in the delegation have worked hard to revise the formula, to reduce the amount of weight that grandless has in that formula and to really try to link the distribution of education cost sharing uh, to student need. And right now we have significant needs in Stanford. Over 50% of our students are eligible for free and reduced lunch. And we have a growing English language learner population. And so we've worked to secure consistent increases in ECS funding for the past seven years. We've also worked to secure over 3 million for Wright Tech High School in Stanford, uh, 65 million in bonding to create the new Strawberry Hill School to alleviate overcrowding in our schools, as well as 2 million for early childhood in Stanford. And, and I wanna to continue to work with the delegation as mayor to build on these successes and to, to continue, continue to be a champion for our schools and to secure more funding so that we're getting our fair share.
2: And last question, We you mentioned the climate briefly earlier, the importance of resiliency. I believe you've also called for Stanford to be carbon neutral by 2030. How are you gonna get there?
1: Yes. So this is one of my goals is to make our, our city and our school buildings carbon neutral. And this is something we have an obligation as the second largest city in Connecticut. We have to do our part to be good stewards of our environment and reduce our carbon footprint. We know that cities globally are responsible eighty. 80- For 85 percent of carbon emissions and so as mayor i want to be a leader who's setting an example and who's working to reduce our carbon footprint so in my first 100 days i want to issue an rfp to solarize our, our rooftops both on our municipal buildings and our school buildings we're one of the few school districts in the state that doesn't have solar on our rooftops and so this is one key way to reduce our carbon footprint and to protect our environment and also to save taxpayers some money on on our energy bills um, secondly, I want to transition our city fleet as well as our school bus fleet to electrical vehicles. This this will help save our city on vehicle maintenance costs, and it will also protect our environment and protect public health. Our we don't want our students standing behind, you know, breathing in fuel exhaust. And uh, there's there's funding coming down from the federal infrastructure package for this. So those are some examples of of initiatives. And then of course, working with the private sector to and and residential. Uh, homeowners to to work to uh, expand renewable energy and to do everything we can to reduce our carbon footprint as a city.
2: Somehow we've run out of time. It's been a pleasure to hear from you, State Representative Caroline Simmons, and thanks to all the Stanford uh, callers who asked some great questions. Uh, good luck to you. Thank you so much for having me. Great connecting with you today. This is Where We Live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy nalba Up next, we get analysis from a reporter at the Stanford Advocate, who's been covering this very interesting campaign. You can join us, too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchil. We just heard from Democratic State Representative Caroline Simmons, who's running for Stanford mayor. My next guest has been covering this race on Zoom with us, Brianna Gurchulo, politics reporter at the Stanford Advocate.
3: Brianna, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having
2: me. Interesting race for many reasons, but first I wanted you to respond uh, to what you heard. Uh, Also an interesting array of questions from Stanford listeners about issues that matter to them.
3: Yeah, so I think definitely um, my takeaway was uh, this kind of confirmed for me the issues that voters in Stanford really care about. And, you know, that includes housing and the affordability of housing, rising housing costs, uh, infrastructure, getting around the city, whether it's by car or bike or walking. Um, and it actually, so a little bit of a shameless plug, um, As this race has been going on, we interviewed both candidates and talked about all of these issues. We talked about housing, um, infrastructure, how they would handle the COVID pandemic, how they would handle mold in the schools. That's also another huge issue for voters is um, education and the school buildings. And uh, we kind of paired up the interviews and tried to lay out their priorities. And you can find that on the Stanford Advocates website under our uh, mayoral election page.
2: Well, plug plug away, Brianna. Well, definitely <laughs> A good resource for, for Stanford residents. So talk about some of the themes that you've seen come out of this campaign. Obviously, Bobby Valentine, he's a, a baseball celebrity. And then you've got uh, Caroline Simmons, I believe she's in her mid 30s. Definitely generational differences in these candidates. And how's that playing out in the campaign?
3: Yes, definitely generational differences. Um, you know, it's it's not, I've described it as not your average mayoral race in Stanford. I mean, first you have Caroline Simmons, obviously, who defeated um, a two-term incumbent, um, who's been uh, involved in Stanford politics for decades. Uh, and then, yes, on the other side, you have Bobby Valentine, um, who is a celebrity. Um, but I think it's important to understand as well that, you know, he, he's not just um, a baseball Uh, star, but he also was born and raised in Stanford. That's something he's emphasized very much during his campaign. Um, He has said that he's always come back to Stanford, no matter where he was in his career. Um, He opened a restaurant in Stanford in the 80s, um, downtown, and uh, that restaurant moved to a different street, but still exists, still has his name. Um, he has a sports academy as well that has his name. Um, he's really involved, as he said, in, in charities across the city. So people know him. Um, he's, he's a hometown legend. Um, so it's, it's, it's more than just uh, his sports career. Uh, he's very well known in Stanford itself as being a part of Stanford. So it's, it's a really interesting matchup because uh, Caroline... Um, you know, she's been a state representative uh, for since 2015, and her emphasis in the campaign has been, you know, I'm the one who has this years of federal and state government experience. I know how to navigate the federal and state governments. Uh, she thinks that she's a person who can bring more funding from um, both the federal and state government to Stanford. So it's two very <laughs> different pitches um, from the two candidates. But at the <laughs> no end of the day, intended. they actually, <laughs> <laughs> no sorry, <pun> <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say at the end of the day, they just have really similar priorities, actually.
2: So when I, I brought up the endorsements, the police union, the teachers union endorsing Bobby Valentine, uh, Representative Simmons mentioned she's been endorsed by Barack Obama. But in terms of what that means and how this is playing out on the streets of Stanford uh, to have these unions uh, rep- supporting Bobby Valentine, is that a will that hurt her?
3: Um. I think it's definitely significant that he's gotten those endorsements um, from the teachers union, from the police union. Um, I mean, Caroline can also say that she's gotten endorsements from um, the uh, firefighters union. Um, I believe she's gotten endorsements from a number of other unions. Um, I'm not sure if they are on the state or local level or both. Um, I would have to check the list, but uh, yeah, I I definitely think that it, it was significant that Bobby got Um, the police and teachers and also for the teachers endorsement specifically I I talked to the president of the union and she said to the best of her knowledge this is the the first time that the union has endorsed a candidate for mayor typically um, they endorse candidates for the board of education and usually they've stayed out of the mayoral race but um, because of the pandemic and all the issues it presented to teachers um, they decided that this was a year they wanted to endorse a mayoral candidate and they ultimately picked Bobby. So, yeah, I, I, I think um, um, it's going to be I mean, we'll find out on November 2nd. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, you mentioned this is not the usual mayoral race. Uh, let's talk about the money and who's contributing some other celebrities. Right.
3: That's true. That's true. Um, both candidates have raised a significant chunk of change, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars each. And, um, you know, they emphasize that um, they have a, a lot of contributions from Stanford Re- residents. Um, you know, it's overall, I think, you know, hundreds and hundreds of contributors. Uh, but yes, uh, some interesting um contributions, Uh, some some high-profile celebrity names have popped up in both of their filings. Um, For Caroline, in the most recent filings, uh, she got some contributions from some actors, uh, Michael Douglas, Bette Midler, Rita Wilson. And um, for Bobby, uh, last quarter, he got um, some contributions from some other recognizable names, um, more in the politics realm, Uh, former President George Bush, Um, So now we've had both presidents kind of weigh in on this race, (laughs) former President Bush and uh, former President Obama. Um, And uh, Bobby also got contributions from uh, or one contribution from Linda McMahon, who um, uh, obviously was the former CEO of WWE, which is based in Stanford. Uh, I think they crossed paths kind of at Sacred Heart University um, because Bobby used to be executive director there. Um, and uh, she was on the board of trustees. And then, of course, she was in uh, President uh, Trump's administration for part of his, his presidency, uh, small business administration. Um, and, of course, also ran for the Senate. Um, and also, uh, Bobby received a contribution from Anthony Scaramucci, um, who was the former uh, brief White House communications director. And Bobby's described <laughs> as, as a friend. Interesting.
2: Uh, we just have a, a couple of minutes left. Uh, how would you describe the, the this campaign? Has it been civil? You know, I watched that that debate the other day and it seemed a little contentious at times. You know, obviously that debate happening right after that that video went out on social media of Bobby Valentine talking about renters. Do you think that hurt him?
3: I think the debate is, def- I mean, I'm sorry, I guess the race is getting more intense now as we're coming down to the final stretch. Um, I think the debate uh, for Prometheum was the first, uh, that was probably the most contentious mm-hmm. um, exchange that I've seen between the two of them so far. Um, and uh, as for the video, you know, again, I'm, I'm not sure we'll find out on November 2nd, um, but uh, that did come up during the debate. Um, And Bobby's response was kind of that he was trying to make the point more generally that he thinks the city needs to incentivize builders to build um, more properties that can be owned at an affordable price point. Um, You know, it's up to voters to decide in the end um, what they think. Um, But uh, actually, it's kind of uh, funny that (laughs) um, a few hours before the debate, uh, both candidates actually signed a pledge uh, promising to run a positive campaign campaign. Um, going forward, and uh, whether or not, you know, all the statements made during the debate were positive or not, we'll leave that up to voters.
2: Right. Uh, Before we run out of time, uh, Brianna, uh, when you think about turnout for local elections, not always high, but do you think there's momentum uh, from what you're hearing that uh, people are going to turn out on November 2nd in Stanford?
3: Yeah, um, it's interesting. The uh, Democratic primary between um, Caroline Simmons and, and David Martin, It's about 21% turnout, I believe is what it was. Um, I think it's safe to expect that the turnout for the general is going to be bigger. Um, I've I've talked to uh, a political science expert who kind of pointed out that, you know, just from Bobby's name, you know, this is drawing more attention and probably more people are are aware of it and that in itself could bring people out. Um, And I also know that, uh, you know, since um, COVID, absentee ballots, you can use COVID as a reason um, to vote by absentee ballot. And from what I understand, you know, thousands of absentee ballots have already gone out. So I think um, this is gonna, this is gonna be, um, it'll be interesting to see how this turnout compares to past years for sure.
2: Well, Brianna Gurchulo, politics reporter for the Stanford Advocate, Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate the context and our listeners can check out all those uh, great reports on the Stanford Advocate. We'll we'll, uh, link to some of them. Today's show produced by Sujatra Srinivasan. I'm Lucy Nalpathanshal. Thanks for listening.